Good morning. Isn't it true? We dream such powerful, wonderful dreams, and then we just settle in for the ordinary, and God equipped us to change the world. Well, I'm glad you're here today. I didn't want you to miss the message of that video, and I doubt that you did. But this is, uh, you know, in, uh, in our circles of uh, pastor circles, there's these emails that circulate the week after Easter Sunday that says, beware of the Easter hangover. And, uh, you know, I thought, yeah, in the Easter hangover, what that means is we had lots of people here last week, and now it's spring break, and lots of people are not here, and so you kind of can end up kind of hungover, having all kinds of expectations of what today's supposed to be like. But I want to tell you something, I'm not hungover. Are you guys hungover? I'm not talking about, I'm talking about Easter hungover, spring break and all that. Just think, parents, your kids go back to school tomorrow? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I bet I'd hate for that to be my mom. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, we're going to continue our series before I get in too much more trouble, our rebuild series over the next two weeks. You probably maybe thought before Easter we had uh, abandoned that series and it was finished, but as we was thinking about it and kind of praying about it, and, uh, God didn't uh, kind of pop in my heart or uh, our hearts to anything new for a series and still had a couple things on my heart and mind that we wanted to talk about during the Rebuild series, so that's what we're going to do the next two weeks, talk about Rebuild. The three greatest words uh, Jesus ever spoke was 2,017 years ago when on the cross he said, it is finished. It is finished. Three of the most powerful words. I don't know if we even comprehend how powerful those words are for us today. It is finished. These, word meant, these words meant that Jesus was obedient to the finish. He finished his mission. He did exactly what he was called to do, what he was sent here to do, and he's saying it's finished. And, and, and it was perfect, and you and I needed it. We needed that work to be finished. He was saying, my suffering is finished. I'm done with it. My suffering is finished, and we need it for the forgiveness of all of our sins. He was saying, I have finished removing the wrath of God from my people. The cross took away God's wrath. God's no longer angry at us. God has given us a way to be reconciled with God through the cross, and that is finished work. It's finished business. He said, I have finished. And when he was saying that, he was saying, I have finished Satan off. I mean, Satan was cheering. He was excited. There hung his number one enemy on the cross. And he was dying on the cross, dead. And Satan thought he won. But Jesus said, it is finished, Satan. And he finished him off with a death blow. Now, I've established, he said, it's finished. I have established a new covenant for my people. It's finished. And because it's finished, it's just beginning for us. Because it's finished, our mission begins. You see, we celebrated Easter here at Salem Fields last week, and it was awesome. One of the most awesome Easter celebrations after 22 years or so here. Uh, you forget after you get a certain age, you forget how many years. Um, I forget how old I am sometimes, so, but after 22 about years, I just thought it was so exciting. Nearly, you know, we started on Thursday night with a great, great uh, celebration of the Last Supper. We had shared communion together, had tables set up, and it was awesome. And we packed the place out, and then on uh, Friday, we had our first annual crosswalk. Man, if you missed that, I just thought it was incredible to look over my shoulder and see all those people walking and those in front carrying the cross and people on the streets coming out and, uh, you know, cars stopping alongside. And it was just incredible. And then we uh, launched into the weekend and we had, I don't know how many servers, but we had a lot of them. And uh, nearly 3,000 people from Thursday to Sunday joined us. 3,000 people were here last weekend, and 120 adults accepted Christ. I mean, that is something to celebrate. And, and that was a pretty accurate number. Uh, that wasn't a pastoral count. That was a, a layperson's count. So you know how pastors count. You go out in the parking lot and count how many cars it is times six, and you say that's how many is in church. 
<laughs> That's not true, but uh, <laughs> it could be. But the exciting thing is seven children gave their life to Christ last weekend. So it was a great, great weekend. But we're not finished yet. You know, we might be a little hungover from Easter. We might be a little tired and people are off and they're on spring break and, and maybe the attendance is down, but we're not finished yet. You know, we still have a mission to complete. We have a, a mission to share hope with anyone everywhere. And what's so amazing to me is that God left you and I here to complete that mission. His mission to evangelize the world happens through you and me, and missions is a huge part of rebuilding our identity in Christ. You know, if you, I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but just look at you, because I already looked at me, but look at you and think that Christ left you here, left me here to finish his mission. That's powerful stuff. I mean, the God, the creator of the universe, could have done it like that. But he chose to use you and I to complete his mission. And, and, and so a huge part of rebuilding our identity in Christ is rebuilding our identity as, as a missionary, as, as uh, missions, as, as people rebuilding our, our love and passion for people who don't know Christ. So why is that such a big part of our life? Because God created you and I for a mission. He created us for a mission, and he gave us a mission, so therefore missions is in our DNA. If our identity is in Christ, and Christ lives in us, and Christ had a passion for missions, it's why he came, then missions lives in us. It's in our DNA. Jesus said in John 17, 18, he tells us so when he says this, in the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I gave them a mission in the world. A little context on John 17, Jesus was praying and he was praying for the believers then, he was praying for the believers now. He was praying for you and I and he said to the Father, you gave me a mission, Father, in the world and, and I give them a mission in the world. Them means us in the world. Notice in the world. You know, we have a ministry in the church and we talked about serving, rebuilding our identity through servanthood. We have a ministry here in the church and we are called to serve the church, but we have a mission to go to the world. You see, we're called to serve believers here in this room, in this building, in this membership of Salem Fields and those that are online, and we have a mission to serve unbelievers out there. We have a mission to serve out. This is our spiritual family here today. Our, our spiritual family includes the three services that we have. It includes our online uh, uh, services. It includes our, our, our mission uh, services in Nigeria. This is our spiritual family. And out there is our global family. And we're connected to both. John 20, 21, Jesus clearly says the order uh, for us to order our passports. I mean, if you're a believer, you should get up. If you don't have a passport, you should get up, go over to Rite Aid, get your little picture taken, and send it off and get your passport. Jesus in this scripture clearly tells us that we need to get our passport. When he tells us, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Well, sending us to do what? The Apostle Paul tells us in our assignment in Acts 20, 24, when Paul says, I don't care about my own life. The most important thing is that I complete my mission. He's saying the most important thing in my life is that I complete my mission that I complete my mission. I want to, he says, I want to finish the work the Lord Jesus gave me to tell people the good news about God's grace. Paul's saying, it doesn't matter about my life anymore. The important thing is me. When I get done, I want Jesus to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You have finished your mission. And that is to share the good news of God's grace to everyone. And it's our assignment. 
as believers. If you're a believer, our assignment is to tell people the good news about God's grace. If the gospel is truly good news, Paul says the gospel is good news. If, if, if that's true, if knowing my life isn't an accident, then I am not here by accident. None of you are here on this earth by accident. No matter what your parents say, well, you were an accident, you weren't supposed to be, that's not true. My life, your life, isn't an accident. If knowing my being here has purpose, and you being here, if you, is your life has purpose. If you're a believer, God has a purpose, a mission for your life. If knowing that God created me to love me and to have me love me, uh, love Him, you know, God created us to love us and for us to love Him. If my identity is in Christ, if all that is good news, you and I have a moral obligation. We have a moral obligation to tell anyone everywhere. We have an obligation. We have a responsibility to tell anyone everywhere. In fact, the ultimate goal of the church, the church of Jesus Christ, is to make disciples. And the ultimate result of a disciple is a follower of Christ who agrees to be a missionary. That's the ultimate uh, a result of a disciple. If you are a follower of Christ, our responsibility is to make disciples, and the ultimate result of a disciple is a follower of Christ who just says, okay, God, here I am, send me. I'm a missionary. Now, I know many of you are sitting there now, and you're thinking, like I thought years ago, you're thinking, me, a missionary? You've lost your mind, buddy. But don't let the word missionary frighten you. You see, what is a missionary? Webster defines, a dictionary defines a missionary as a person sent on a mission, especially on a religious mission. Well, with what Jesus said, and by definition, every Christian here or online or wherever you're listening to me today, every person here, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are a missionary. You're a missionary. There's no way around it. Because Jesus said, every Christian has a purpose and every Christian is here on, mission, on a mission. The reason why evangelism and missions must be in your heart, because it's in the heart of Jesus. And Jesus lives in you. When you invited Christ to live in your life, he lives in you. And, and, and the reason we need to rebuild our identity in missions as a missionary, a love for people, lost people, people who don't know Jesus, we need to pray that that be in our heart because it's in the heart of Jesus. The last word that Jesus ever spoke before he ascended to heaven were these words, but you will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will receive power. Power to be a world changer. Power to dream big dreams and know that God wants to fulfill every God-given dream that you have in your heart today. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And the Holy Spirit came upon you when you received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You received the Holy Spirit. You see, and he says, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and even the uh, remotest parts of the earth. You see, when Jesus Christ left this earth, he had missions on his mind. That was his heartbeat. That's who he was. And he had, he had you and I, when he left this world 2,017 years ago on the cross, and he said it's finished, he's saying, folks, it's finished for you, for you, for you, for you, and for me, it's finished. I did what I've come to do, and I had a mission, and I've accomplished that mission. And he left here, and he had you and I on his mind. Think about it this way. Jesus came as a missionary from heaven so that he might make us missionaries for heaven. I think I need to say that again. Jesus came as a missionary from heaven so he might make us missionaries for heaven. As you... As you're going to see today, being a missionary does not mean that you have to give up your job. You don't have to go re, uh, resign tomorrow. Uh, some of you might, but not all of you. It, it doesn't mean you must be a seminary trained and you got to go to seminary somewhere. It doesn't mean that, that you have to have, even have mission experience. All you need is saying, I'm ready to go. All we need is a willingness to go. Like Isaiah said, uh, Jesus, God said, who will go? And Isaiah said, send me. I'll go, send me. 
And all we have to have to be a missionary is to have the Spirit of God living in us and saying, God, here I am. Send me. Here I am, Lord. I'm available. Send me. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do and be what you want me to be. All it is is a willingness to go. But here's a problem. It's a problem with the church. A question was recently asked in a survey of 1,000 church attenders that shows why rebuilding our identity on missions, on lost people, is so extremely important. 1,000 church attenders were asked this question in a recent poll. Why does the church exist? Why does the church exist? Now, 89%, 9 out of 10, 89% said the church's purpose is to take care of my family and my spiritual needs. 89%. In other words, 89% of the people, church attenders says, it's about feeding me. It's about my family. It's about meeting my needs. I can't tell you how many people have told me, I got to go where I get fed. And some of us are spiritual porkers. We've been fed so much that we're blown up. We're spiritual porkers. And 89% of the people said this church, the Church of Jesus Christ, Salem Fields Community Church, any church is created to serve me, to serve my needs. So that means, I hope not, but that means maybe that 9 out of 10 of you think that our primary responsibility of Salem Fields Community Church is spoon, spoon feed you. Here, take this. Here, take this. And I say to you, take what you know and do it. Because we'll soon become spiritual porkers. Now, now, obviously I can get caught up in that because that's just a little pet peeve of mine, but I won't get caught up in it. Before I say anything else, let me say this. It's important. That it's important. And obviously we do need to meet the needs of you. We, need to, we do need to meet the needs of your family and individuals. Certainly. But here's what, what will break your heart, or at least it broke my heart. Only 11% said the purpose of the church was to win the world for Jesus. Only 11% said the purpose of the church is to win the world for Jesus Christ. I will tell you, with 11%, we won't win the world. You see, I, I, I want to propose to you today that Jesus Christ did not come to this earth and die on a cross to pay for the sins of the world just so you and I could form a spiritual social club where we get together in a holy huddle once a week and we tell each other how wonderful we are. I just can't believe that's why God created church, for me to pat you on the back and say, oh, you're a great person. You pat me on the back and say, buddy, oh, my goodness, you're such a good guy. Oh, you're awesome. You see, Jesus Christ came to this earth, and he died for the sins of the world and left us, his followers, on this earth so that we could share with those who do not know Jesus Christ how they too can be forgiven and how too they can go to heaven when they leave this earth. So today, I'm gonna, we're going to look at rebuilding our identity as missionaries and what that entails. Now, don't think I'm just getting started. I'm not. I haven't started yet. I, I, I want to... I want to begin by sharing with you probably the most well-known Bible verse in the whole Bible. Anybody know what that is? John 3.16. Way to go. Get you a cup of coffee at the cafe and tell them it's on me. Here it is. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Do you know what the three most important words are in that verse? God, first, love, second, and world, third. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. You see, if you want to know why Jesus, why God is mission-minded, why God is a mission-minded God, and why we are a mission-minded church, and why we believe our identity is in Christ, then we must rebuild, folks. We must get a passion again. We must surrender to God. We must rebuild our love for lost people. Because God left you and I, Salem Fields Community Church here, on this little hill to reach people who are far from God. And, and if... Oh, if 
our identity is in Christ, then we need to rebuild our love for lost people. It's summed up in these three words. If, if we love God, and most of us would say we love God, wouldn't we? We'd shake our heads. We love God. I love God. I do too. And then we, and then, then we will love what God loves. If we love God, then we'll love what God loves, and God loves the world. God loves the world. Everybody. Everybody. God loves everyone in this world. Everyone. Whether they're from Spotsylvania, whether they're from Nigeria, whether they're from India or Ecuador or anywhere else in the world to the remotest parts of the world. God doesn't look at skin color. God doesn't look at language. God looks at people as people. And he loves the world. The reasons missions are so important to our identity in Christ is because if God loved this world enough to give his son, we ought to love this world enough to give ourselves as missionaries to others. I thought by this time people would be shouting and saying, oh man, sign me up. I'm kidding, okay, good gracious, were y'all lighting up? Nine o'clock was the least, they were talking back to me and stuff. Y'all been up for more, a few hours. But at Salem Fields, folks, we believe that every believer is a minister. We believe that. If you've ever been to our, any of our membership class, we believe in the priesthood of the believer, that everyone is a minister, a priest. We also believe every believer is a missionary. What is a missionary? A missionary is a person who shares the good news with anyone, anywhere. In Acts 2, Jesus shares with us the order by which we are to share the good news. Jesus said to his disciples as they were in Jerusalem, he said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, we can extrapolate. How do you like that word? Extrapolate. Yeah. Gay said it to me one day. I said, what's that mean? Uh, you know, we can extrapolate. I still don't know what it means, but, <laughs> but I wanted to use it so bad. <laughs> anyway, Jesus is saying to us, start at home. If you got people in your family that don't know Christ and you need to pray, we need to pray for them. We need to ask God to get a hold of their hearts. And we need to be concerned about the people in our family, in our home, our children, our spouses, our parents, our grandparents, people in our family. And we need to start in our, then we need to go to our community. And we need to share the good news with people in our workplace. When's the last time you shared the good news at your workplace? I got it up on you. I'm sharing the good news right at my workplace. <laughs> That's why I said that. <laughs> I can feel good about myself, kid. Um, so you start in your neighborhood where you live. You can go to Livingston Elementary School. You can go to Smith Station. You can go wherever to Walmart. You can do whatever. Go wherever in our community to share the good news. Then Jesus says, then go to Judea and Samaria. He's telling us to also go to the next county or the next state. Go to a neighborhood that's different from your neighborhood. Go to where there's poverty and addiction. But not only that, go where there's up and outers. You know what up and outers are, don't you? I mean, in the church, we focus on much and much of our attention, as we should, on the down and outers. But I believe there's a whole world of up and outers that think they don't need Jesus because they got all they need. But they're out. They're down and out. And their families are falling apart. And they're in drugs and alcohol. And they're, I mean, we were out at the Dream Center a couple years ago. I'm talking to this kid that looked like an all-American boy, came from an all-American family. And I said to him, tell me about your family. He said, I came from an all-American family. I was considered a good kid. My parents went to church. But he said I was as lost as lost could be. And there he was in the program for addiction at, at, um, at LA Dream Center. And so there's a kid that had it all. But he was lost and lonely and hurting. And we have a mission. It starts at home, and it goes to the county and the next state. And it's not just the down and downers. It's people who look like they've got it all, and they've got it all together. And finally, Jesus tells us, buy a plane ticket. Buy a plane ticket. And go to the ends of the earth to share the good news. 
I mean, this is not me trying to drum up mission people to go on mission trips. This is the word of God. He doesn't say buy a plane ticket, but he says go to the ends of the earth. If you're going to get to the ends of the earth, the best way to get there is in a plane. That's the way I found to be the most comfortable. And go to the ends of the earth and share the good news. Go to Nigeria. Go to India. Go to Ecuador. Go to wherever God's placed on your heart because God has placed, maybe placed a place on your heart that he wants you to go to. And maybe you go to Jason and say, Jason, I've got a heart for this country and I want to go there. I've got a heart for this city and I want to go there. And let's get a team and let's go there and let's share the good news. They go anywhere there are people who don't know Jesus. Did you know there are three, 6,536 different peoples ethnic groupings that don't have access to the gospel. And Jesus said, it's finished. It's your turn. It's finished. I've done what I can do. Now it's your turn. He means for us to go and tell them all, find them all, witness to them all. God wants his kingdom to be diverse. The scope of the mission is anyone everywhere. You and I live in this incredible time and age where in 24 hours, in 24 hours, and by spending maybe less than a week's salary, we can be on a plane and literally be around the world in less time than it took Paul to travel a few miles. I mean, we can just say, you know what? I got a little vacation time. I, I can take a, a, a little bit of money out of my savings or I can take a little money from my paycheck and I can put it away each week and pretty soon I have enough and I can go anywhere that God wants me to go, anywhere. We live in an age of incredible opportunities to do mission work here and around the world. You know, we, a few of us, Gay and I and, and Colin and Tim, uh, a few months ago, we went to India, and we have friends in India. And you can have friends around the world. I got friends in Nigeria, James and Charity, and I can name, 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 name them. And you can stay in touch with them all the time. I mean, just a few weeks ago, Gay and I sat in our, in our uh, family room. We're sitting there on the phone, on WhatsApp, with, on, on video, on WhatsApp with Manu and this whole family sitting in a room. And we were able to pray for them, each one of them. And they waved at us. And we waved at them. And they prayed for us. It's incredible. We can be around the world on our iPhone. I spoke to James and Charity today, this week on WhatsApp. Facebook. We have no limits. Now here's something that's really important. God doesn't call us though to be prosecuting attorneys and, the, and to nail people with our beliefs and tell them it's our way or the highway. Turn or burn. He doesn't expect us to be his defense attorneys and explain away all the sins and shortcomings of the church and we have many. And we're not, to be in the, we're not to be in the business of judging other people. All he wants us to be is his witnesses. To take the witness stand on Jesus' behalf and tell people what we know to be true. This is my experience. This is what God has done in my life. As witnesses across the street or across the ocean, it needs to be real and it needs to be personal. And all we need to do is share with others that we have a friend in Jesus. And here's what he's done in my life. And no one can dispute what God has done in your life. We can tell them how he's changed our lives, how he's directed my life, how he's made a difference in my life, how he's personally changed my values, my friendships, how he's impacted our decisions, our priorities, how he's changed our families, how he's changed our identity. For a witness to be credible, the testimony must be personal and from your heart, from your experience. Nobody else can tell your story. And there's somebody that needs to hear your story. God has a very simple purpose in the world. He wants to build a family, a global family. And our part in it, now that we are in the family, if we're in the family, is to bring other people in the family. That's why it's so important that we rebuild our identity as missionaries. I believe with all my heart that God intends this church to grow 
And growth happens as you and I rebuild our identities as missionaries and share the good news of Jesus with anyone everywhere, here and around the world. And maybe you're thinking, buddy, what are you smoking? I ain't no missionary. I don't think so. Missions is not for me. I'm called to be here. According to Jesus, we have no choice. We have no choice but go. You see, Jesus' last command to believers before he ascended into heaven was, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He's saying, hey, I'm the boss here. I'm in charge. I'm the authority of your life. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you've surrendered your life to me and, and I'm Lord of your life, he says that I'm in authority. And he said, therefore, go. Since I'm in charge, you go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And he says, and surely I will be with you always to the end of the age. Now, being a missionary and going is a command. Folks, it's not a suggestion. It's not like, well, I'll pray about it. I'll think on that. It's not an option. There are some things that we don't have to pray on. There are some things that Jesus just says, go and do it. You know, when people tell me they'll pray about it, you know what they're telling me? I probably won't. I probably won't because most of the time they don't even come back and tell me. They're just saying, I'll pray about it. I probably won't. And there's some things in the Bible we don't have to pray about. If we're obedient followers of Jesus Christ, if our identity is in him, we just go. He says, all authority has been given to me. I'm the man right now. I'm the person. I'm in charge. I'm the CEO. Therefore, go. Therefore, go. I don't see I have a choice. Well, I do. I can choose not to. but it's part of our identity in Christ. So how can we do that? How, how can a mere human being, a little spot on this earth like me, who is a nobody, go into another culture and be a witness to someone who may believe something differently from me? You can do it because Jesus says all authority is his. That means only believers do missions. Did you know that? Only mission, believers do missions. Bill Gates and all those dudes, they do a lot of good things. But they're not sharing the good news. Believers share the good news. Only believers do missions. Only people who believe God has spoken. And only believers that, know, that want anyone everywhere to be saved. And they don't get saved without knowing Jesus. And I always think, every time I didn't say it in any of the service, but I thought it, is, is there anybody you want to, that you know or you don't know that you want to go to hell, that you want to spend eternity in hell? If there's not, then we are called to go. It might be to go to your neighbor. It might be to go to your son, your daughter, your husband, your grandfather, across the street to your neighbors. The authority piece here is huge, and we have the authority from Jesus. You might say, okay, I get that, but I'm afraid to share my testimony. I get that. I'm afraid to share my testimony with strangers. I'm afraid to fly. I fear other cultures. No worry. Jesus says, surely, I am with you always. So while you're flying or walking, driving in your car, he says, surely, you go and you make disciples of all nations. He says, surely, I am with you always to the end of the age. I have a good friend in Nashville who's been my friend for a long time, Gay and I, and he says, uh, he, he won't go on, he won't fly. And he, I said, Martin, why don't you fly? I didn't mean to say his name. But I said, why won't you fly? He said, because Jesus says, lo, I am with you always. <laughs> In the King James, it says, lo, I'm with you. He said, he didn't say he'd be with me 30,000 feet. <laughs> but I think he will. John Piper tells us the story of John Patton, who in the 1800s was a missionary to the people in the island of Tanya for four years. He had risked his life repeatedly and had very little fruit from it. And he said one day, 1,500 native people were after him with spears and machetes. I mean, they were coming at him, and they wanted to kill him. And he said as he and his friend were running away, his friend says, you climb up that tree, and I will divert them. 
and then you go get in the boat and maybe God will spare you. And God did spare him. For the next 40 years, thousands of people came to Christ from those islands. He wrote in his autobiography about those moments up in the tree with killers running beneath him. Think of that. Here he is up in the tree, and there's all these people underneath the tree with machetes and swords or whatever, and they're looking for him, and they're going to kill him. And he's saying, he thought about those moments. He said, I would go back to that tree any day. If I can enjoy the same sweet, precious fulfillment of Jesus' promise, I will be with you to the end of the age. That's what that promise means. You may be called to risk your life. You may be saying, I'm not going there, I'll be risking my life. You may be. You know, I, I've been in some, Gay and I and others that have traveled with me to Nigeria, we've been in some tense situations. God says, surely I will be with you till the end of the age. We, were in a, we went into a gas station one day and we went in. There was a long line. There's always long lines. It makes no sense to me that six world leading in oil producing and you sit in line for hours to get gas. And there's a law in Nigeria that white people cannot sit in line because Nigerians sometimes kidnap white people. I didn't know that. I'm glad I didn't know that. Surely I'm with you always, dummy. <laughs> and we went into this gas station the back way, around the line and in. And all these people surrounded us. And I'm saying, oh my gosh. And Tim, now Tim's Superman to me. I mean, he goes with us on trips and, and Tim says, I'm a little scared. <laughs> I'm saying, Tim, you're scared. Now I'm scared. But lo, I am with you always. I'm not saying that. I just want you to know that many people risk their lives for their mission. You will never be left without Jesus. Piper says, Putin asked his, in his, or asked in his autobiography, do you have a friend like that? As I thought about that question personally, I said, yes, I have a friend in Jesus. And so do you. Do you have a friend like that who will, be, who will be with you in the tree when everything in life, absolutely everything in life, is falling apart? Do you have a friend that will be there like that with all authority in heaven and on earth? You do. And I do. And his name is Jesus. And his work for us was finished on the cross. But for Salem Fields Community Church, we have a mission. And if you call Salem Fields Community Church your church, you have a mission. And it's not finished until we shared hope with anyone everywhere. Watch this video. The gospel you see is an announcement about what Jesus has done for us. That is a call for a response of repentance and belief. This is a gospel about individuals created in the image of God, just like you and me. There are 6,536 unreached people groups with no access to the gospel. I don't want you to hear that as a statistic. Those aren't numbers. Those are individuals just like you and me. They have the same needs, wants, hurts, and desires that you and I have. These people are somebody's mother, father, child, brother, somebody's sister. They're made in the image of God. Where would you be without Jesus? The answer is that you would be in exactly the same place that 6.2 billion people are without you and me. The message of the gospel is that Christ has satisfied the full wrath of God against our sin, and he has done so for the peoples of every nation on earth. But it does them no good if they never hear about it. If you have ever experienced the gospel, there is no way you can look at a world that is headed to hell and not care and not move and not offer your life and say, God, here I am, send me. That 
needs to rearrange our priorities and how we think about what we do. Here I am, send me. It's not finished. Our work is not finished. And Jesus left you and I to finish his work. So I encourage you today, I encourage all of us to rebuild our identity as missionaries, people who love and care about lost people. And then obey his command and go and trust that he is with us as we go. Let's bank on his authority. And let's go make disciples of anyone, everyone, everywhere. You see, Christ's death and resurrection means that we are invited, that we're invited to join in with God to redeem this broken world, to dream again, and to be all that God wants us to be, to be world changers, to be life changers, one life at a time. And it's not just wishful thinking. It's not dreaming kids' dreams, but a call to every follower of Jesus to change the world. One life at a time. Are you in? Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for this gathering. Thank you for every person in this room, those that are online. God, I pray that right now, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just fall fresh and new upon us as we close out this moment, these times that we have together, Lord. I pray, God, that you would, that you would burden us, God, God, that you would place, place such a passion and love for people all around the world that, God, we couldn't say no. We, would ju we just have to go. And, God, it, it, it's my prayer today that everyone in this room or watching online would say, here I am, Lord, send me. But, God, it would mean a whole lot if one, two, a dozen people. So, Lord, I pray. If you put it on someone's heart today, they wouldn't hesitate. Lord, here we are. Oh, God, here we are at Salem Fields Community Church. Send us. God, bless us in ways that we can go around the world. Bless us financially, Lord. Bless us, God, with the time that we need and the strength and the energy and the time off. to be able to go where you say go. And maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus. That's where it begins. And maybe you've heard the good news today that you can be forgiven of all your sins. You can, it's true. My witness to you, if a God can forgive me, which he did. If God can fill me with his spirit and give me power, he can you as well. So open your life and receive him today. Father, I thank you for your time that we've had here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we got these little cards in the program. Now, Rich came in especially and made these cards, so the least you can do is get it out, okay? You can show Rich. Hey, Rich, thank you, buddy. Okay, even though it's part of his job, uh, it's good to be thanked every now and then. And on that card, we have some opportunities for you, okay? So everybody got it out? <clears throat> Everyone? Okay, five of you. So the ones of you that got it out, would you fill it out? Here it is. There's some mission experiences here. There's one to Los Angeles to the Dream Center. Great trip. Jody leads that August 21st to the 25th. It's a hoot just to go on a mission trip with Jody. I promise you. Put your hands in her hands. You better be sure and glad that, lo, Jesus is with you always. <laughs> but that's August 21st to the 25th. It's a great trip, and some of you have been on it. You can talk to them. Ecuador, July 24th through the July 1st. These are, these are trips that's going to happen. Now, there's one uh, trip that we have planned, Nabimbia, Nabimbia. Namibia, there we go, thank you, Africa. I'm from Kieseltown, what do y'all expect? We can say that one. But it's to Africa, that's a trip that we have planned. There's one, uh, the possibility of trips to India. Uh, we know we have possibility, probably, probability of one going in 
um, late November. It might be full. I don't know, but you can sign up, and there'll be another one uh, that can go. There's trips to Smithfield and Spotsylvania. What I'm saying is, man, I drop that card every time. If you're willing to go, would you fill out that card, and we'll contact you. If you say, I want to go to any of the trips that's already planned or ones that we're thinking about, or you just say, let me know when the next trips come up, just fill that card out, and there will be buckets at the door that you can put in there, and uh, we'll just see what God does. Any questions? Man, I must be good. No questions. Thank God you didn't. Let's stand and worship together. Did I miss anything, Kelly? Kelly comes to me after church and says, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. Uh, you can sign up on your app. There's a, our app. You can go on there if you want to sign up for that. Same things on there, or you can go online, and you can sign up there, okay? God bless you. I'll go when you stay I'll stay when you move I'll move I'll follow I just want to say Manu is online right now. Oh.
watching us in India. So just everybody turn around and say, hey, Manu and his family. Hey, James and Charity were on last service, so they joined right in with us. So we're touching and making a difference in the world. Hey, the table's out there if you have questions about missions too. Okay, Rich, you're up. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, like he said, go out to the missions table. Uh, you can go get more information about those missions trips. Also out there is the men's camping trip and the women's retreat sign-ups. And then don't forget, if you are a member of Salem Fields, go and vote in the leadership board elections. We love you guys. We appreciate you. And we'll see you right back here next weekend.